Hey, and welcome to the 12 Stone Church Podcast. Thank you so much for taking time to be a part of today's message. We hope it inspires you, encourages you, and deepens your faith in Jesus. Enjoy the message. Yeah, and I like friends too. Man, I love how much fun we get to have as a church. I love all the opportunities to grow, like joining a small group. So if you're at a campus and you want to be a part of a summer group, make sure you use that card that's in front of you. Or uh, if you're at a 12 Stone Home Gathering, just talk to your leader because we have small groups with 12 Stone Home as well. And then there are tons of opportunities for impact around our church. And uh, I, here's what I hope happens today in this teaching, actually, and it's tied to that idea. I hope today feels like a sermon that activates something in our church. Like, like today is a starting line sermon. And I, I do hope and believe that God could reveal some things and do something today. But I really believe the, the, the impact from a teaching like the one we're going to have today. Like, I hope that we see it in a month and in three months and in the years to come. Because I think God is starting something new at 12 Stone, and we're just excited to be a part of it. So I'm going to start the, the teaching by, by giving us a statement, and then I'm going to spend some time explaining it for us. Um, because I believe all of the impact and all of the things happening are not just for our church as a whole, but are for you. Every single one of you. And here's where we're going today. The Holy Spirit, who we've been talking about for a few weeks at 12 Stone, the Holy Spirit has given you spiritual gifts for a specific purpose so that we can make a difference in the world. That's the teaching. The Holy Spirit has given you spiritual gifts for a specific purpose so that we can make a difference in the world. See, everyone listening today has the opportunity to have... God-sized purpose in their lives. There's God-sized potential. There's God-sized possibility. But we have to be able to understand how God actually begins to unlock purpose and potential and possibility in our lives. We've been asking this question for the past few weeks. What if we are settling for less in our faith? What if we're settling for less than God offers in our faith? And we've been learning that the Holy Spirit is in us, he's with us, he's guiding us and transforming us. The Holy Spirit's the one that moves us from the desert to the waterfall. The Holy Spirit moves us from a dormant faith to a living faith. But let's be honest. This question of what if I'm settling for less than God offers in my faith is a cutting question. Because many of us feel like our faith is dry and empty. And, and sometimes we feel like we're lost. Don't raise your hand, but have you felt that way before? It's kind of lost in life and in faith. Feeling aimless, feeling directionless, uh, feeling like you just don't know what the, the future holds. I mean, we've all had that lost feeling. We're moving through life, and we're like, does any of this matter? Dude, dude, I have no idea where I'm going. 
And I feel like I'm, I'm kind of stuck in the motions with everything. I'm kind of just going through the motions at, at home and, and, and in my job and, and even with my family. And there's confusion. And I'm like, what is actually happening? God, I need something more. And, and the good news, I believe today, is that God has created you for more. He has something for you and for us today that, that is more than just this lost, dry, empty feeling that so many of us can have in our faith. But what makes it really difficult, not only do, can we feel that way, uh, you guys, we all know the type of person that we look at and we're like, I'm lost, but that person has it all figured out. Like we look at somebody and we're like, man, they have it all figured out in their career. They have it all figured out as a, as a parent or as a, a spouse. Uh, they have it figured out with so much talent. And we think back to ourselves and just go, dang, I feel lost. And, and uh, one place it really pops up is in parenting. Uh, and, and, and I'm so sorry if you're this parent and you don't recognize it yet, but hopefully God uses this as like a revealing moment. We all know the parent whose kid like, can do no wrong. Some of you are like, it hurts right now. Uh, you begin talking to somebody about their kid, and then you get shy about talking about something cool your kid has done because they will use their kid to one-up your kid. Their kid is just so special. Like you start a conversation, and it's like, hey, my kid's learning how to read. And by the end of the conversation, they're like, yeah, my kid's learning how to write a book. And you're like, cool. Cool, 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 cool. Um, can I be cheesy for just a moment? Because I think, I, I think this thought can help those of us that feel lost today. I believe God is actually like that with every one of his kids. That if you have joined the family of God through the person of Jesus Christ, you have a father in heaven who is so proud to call you his kid. You are special. And it's not just the kind of special for like the other kind of parenting when somebody thinks their kid is cute and they show you a picture and you're kind of like, ah. <laughs> it's not that kind of special. Like, like this is true. And like you are special and you're loved by God. And here's what makes you special. It's not to us. Like I'm not special because Trey is awesome. Now, I hope that I'm, I'm okay and you're awesome, but I'm not special because I'm awesome. I'm special because of the, the nature and the character of the God of the universe who has decided to put his love on me. And he's decided to put his love on you. So if you feel kind of lost in your faith, if you feel wandering in life, if you feel dry and empty, I hope you hear this teaching today because I honestly believe this. God made you more. God made you for more than an aimless life. God made you with purpose. He made you to make a difference in the world. And here's the best news. He has given you what you need to do this. So that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Um, a little background of 1 Corinthians 12 as we jump in. 1 Corinthians is, was written as a letter from the Apostle Paul to the Corinthian church. And, and if you go read the first few chapters of 1 Corinthians, you'll find that Paul's having to correct some things. Like there's some stuff happening in the church that was kind of off. And, and Paul brings in the truth of God and he writes to them and he corrects some stuff. But by the time we get to 1 Corinthians 12, Paul is shifted from correction 
to building. Because we've got to correct some stuff, but then we've got to know where to go. And 1 Corinthians chapter 12 kicks off this building. And I think if God is using it to build the Corinthian church in the New Testament, he's using it to build us. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting in verse 1. Now, about the gifts of the Spirit. So here we are, spiritual gifts. Now, about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. I want to pause there. <laughs> By the way, I love the Bible. Like, I just love it. And, and, and I love when the Bible is really clear about what it's about to teach us. You know, sometimes there's moments when you read the Scripture, and you're like, I have no idea what it's saying. This is not one of those passages of Scripture. Paul's like, hey, hey, I need you to hear this. So, so read it. When he says, hey, I don't want you to be uninformed, he's like, hey, pay attention. I got something for you. We need to know about the gifts of the Spirit. So let me get theological for just a second and teach us a little bit about the spiritual gifts. You see, the Holy Spirit, from the moment of Pentecost, which, by the way, on the church calendar, a lot of people refer to today as Pentecost Sunday, we celebrate and what happened in Acts chapter 2 when God bursts the church, starts the church, and the Holy Spirit falls down and begins to fill people. Here's the good news of the gospel, guys. God is no longer over there, hidden off behind a, a mountain or uh, behind a veil. Like God is here, and he's with us, and he's in us. And Pentecost Sunday celebrates the reality that God is not an over there God, but he's an in here God. So this moment happens, and the Holy Spirit falls, and, and he begins to empower Christians for God-sized purpose. So here's what we believe now. That at the moment of salvation, at the moment when you place your faith in the work of Jesus Christ for your salvation, the Holy Spirit moves inside of you, takes up his home inside of you, and embeds gifts inside of you for unbelievable purpose. And a spiritual gift is very simply this. Here's like the tray paraphrase. Don't go check any commentaries. This is like the tray paraphrase. You're going to, it's just here. Spiritual gifts are God-given abilities to accomplish God's mission in the world. Spiritual gifts are God-given abilities to accomplish God's mission in the world. And here's our big thought to get us moving. Every follower of Jesus, so if you've placed your faith in him, if you have salvation through Jesus, every follower of Jesus has unique spiritual gifts given by the Holy Spirit for a purpose, so that our lives can make a difference. See, sometimes I think our faith, like we take this almost too basic of an understanding that being a follower of Jesus is just our ticket to heaven. And though certainly we should celebrate our personal salvation, right? There's, not, there's nothing much better than that, that we were dead in our sin, and now we get to go spend eternity with God in heaven, right? That's worth celebrating. We should be overjoyed that that's a reality. But following Jesus is also an incredible experience. Like, it's an adventure of being filled with the Holy Spirit and sent out into the world on purpose with the gifts necessary to be supernaturally used by God. To be supernaturally used by God. You see, if you're a follower of Jesus, this is not just a natural life. This is a supernatural life. Yeah, because, because 
the God of the universe, who is above nature, is now inside of you as the Holy Spirit. And the same God who created the universe, who rose Jesus from the dead, is now inside of us. And now he's working out those purposes, his purposes, through us. This is supernatural. Now, I'm not saying you're an Avenger or part of the Justice League. I don't know. Maybe I am a little bit saying that. Now, it doesn't work like it does in the comics or in the movies. But we should raise our understanding of the supernatural power of God in our lives. Because if the Holy Spirit is in you, you have access to the same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead. Therefore, the sealing of your life, the sealing of your purpose and your power, the power of God in you is off the charts. This is a life-transforming truth. But here's the issue. Here's the issue. So many followers of Jesus are unsure of what our spiritual gifts are. Therefore, we get easily stuck in our faith. We don't know what our spiritual gifts are. What if one of the primary reasons that we feel lost, dry, and empty in our faith is because we settle for a life without the use of our spiritual gifts? We settle for a life without operating inside of the gifts that God has given us for purpose to make a difference in the world. And I think today God wants to begin to bring us out of aimlessly wandering through the desert and bring life to our faith by unlocking our spiritual gifts. So let me give you an overview of how I'm going to teach it, and then we're going to get going. Here's an overview. We're going to talk about receiving the spiritual gifts, kind of talk about the nature of our gifts and receiving the gifts. Also look at an overview list of what are the spiritual gifts. We're even going to talk about one hindrance to using the spiritual gifts in our lives. And then as practically as I can, where do we start? Where do we start? So let's talk about receiving spiritual gifts. Back to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting in verse 4. Listen to the key words here. There's so much here for us to learn. Paul says, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit, the Holy Spirit, distributes them all. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them, that is in every single gift, but in all of them, and in every one, all of us, anybody who's placed their faith in Jesus, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. So how do we get our spiritual gifts? How do we receive gifts? First thought, spiritual gifts aren't manufactured. They're given. They're not earned. They're not contrived. They're not forced. They're given. Your spiritual gift is like a welcome to the family present from your father in heaven. And once you are grafted into the family of God through Jesus, you get the mark of being in his family which is the Holy Spirit. So the journey of discovering, and you and I discovering and using our spiritual gifts is not a journey of manufacturing something. Because if we could make it, we'd get the glory. 
The point here is to understand the source of our gift. The source of our spiritual gift is not ourselves. It is God. The source of our spiritual gifts is not our sweat. It is the generosity of the Holy Spirit. He would look to us and say, I'm going to put a seed of my power in you for my purposes. And because of this, because the spiritual gifts are given by God, he gets to choose what our spiritual gifts are and what our spiritual gifts are not. And because he is good, all of his gifts are good. God does not give bad gifts. There are no spiritual sweaters at Christmas time types of spiritual gifts from God. There are no um, pots or pans types spiritual gift presents from God. Now, I don't know why I just used that pots and pan reference, because I gave my wife a pan last Christmas. Um, it's a really good pan. Um, see, our role is not to manufacture our gifts. Our role is to discover what God has put in us. Now, I'm going to give us a practical thought at the end of the teaching, but I can't really teach the journey of discovering spiritual gifts because it is a journey that you have to go on. But I do want to give you a quick thought of where you can begin at 12 stone. Uh, and it's something called a growth track. Whether you want to jump into growth track at a campus or you jump in online, if you're a part of 12 stone home, but inside of growth track in step two of growth track, we take a spiritual gifts test and a personality test to just help you understand what God has put in you. It's just a really practical place to start. If you're thinking, all right, Trey, I hear purpose. I hear power. I hear supernatural. I hear mission. But where do I go? Hey, what if this is the place to go? You can text growth track to 37748 right now. No, actually, not right now. Pause. After the teaching, text growth track to 37748. Scroll around, find your campus, and join us for growth track to start this conversation. I want to talk a little bit more about the nature of the spiritual gifts. What are the spiritual gifts given for? I'm going to get a little more clear here. What are the spiritual gifts given for? If you go back up to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 again, it says, Now to each one, to us, to each person, the manifestation of the Spirit, that is the gifts of the Spirit, the visibility of the Spirit, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. For the common good. So two quick notes about what that means. Your gifts aren't for you. They're for others. Always. Spiritual gifts are not a means of growing our platform or our following or raising our influence for our fame. Because a self-centered faith will always eventually end in a desert faith. Your purpose and your gifts exist for the good of others. Which again I love the Bible because I love how, how, of course it's wise, but how wise the Apostle Paul teaches us about gifts. Because really there's a three-chapter section that teaches us about the spiritual gifts. Chapter 12, chapter 13, and chapter 14. And here's what's interesting. Chapter 12 and chapter 14 teach all about what the gifts are and how to use them. Chapter 13 goes a little bit deeper and reminds us of something. And I think 1 Corinthians 13 points this out. That our gifts are for others. Listen to Paul's words. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels. He's saying if you speak in tongues. If you have this gift. But do not have love. I'm a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy. 
and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge. But if I have faith that can move mountains, but if I do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but I do not have love, I gain nothing. The scripture is saying this. You could be the very best at performing your gift, but if you don't have love underneath it, your gift produces nothing. Because the substance of the gift that makes our gift impactful is love. Like, time out for a second. Give me an unrefined gift with love over a perfected gift without love any day. Give me a church full of men and women who are, are just trying their best, and maybe it feels like they don't know what direction they're going, but you know what they do? They love people, and I promise you, God will begin to build. The point here, the point here, part of what's happening here is Paul is reminding us that the gifts are not a, a means to themselves. Like the gifts are not the goal. The gifts are like being better at a spiritual gift is not the arrival. You know what the arrival is? The arrival is making much of Jesus. The gifts are designed to help people have a better view of Jesus. It's, it's almost like this. All analogies break down, but go with me for a second. It's almost like your spiritual gift is the windshield of your car, and Jesus is the road. Have you ever been driving down the road, and like you see something on your windshield, like a bug hits it, or there's a crack, or there's something, and it distracts you from the road because you're too busy focusing on the windshield? The windshield is not there for your focus. The windshield is there to help you see the road more clearly. The spiritual gifts exist not for us to, to see gifts come to their fruition. Gifts exist so that we can see Jesus more clearly. And Jesus makes this clear in John chapter 16, starting in verse 14. It's right here in my Bible. Jesus is teaching about the Holy Spirit in these passages. John chapter 16. He, Jesus, talking about the Holy Spirit, says, he will glorify me. Jesus says the Holy Spirit's going to come, and he's going to glorify, and he's going to make the gospel more clear. So... Whenever gifts get more attention than Jesus, the point of all of this is being missed. Like it is easy for Christians to get overoccupied with the pursuit of spiritual gifts and begin to miss the whole purpose of why they've been given in the first place, which is to more effectively point others to Jesus. So we receive the gifts. God gives them to us. They exist to love others and to lead other people to Jesus. But let's talk about what these gifts are. Hopefully you find yourself. Begin to find yourself somewhere in these. Verse 8 of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by the means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between gifts, which is discernment. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues, and still to another, the interpretation of tongues. All of these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and He distributes them to each one just as He determines. And so let's look at these gifts. I put them into four categories with some help from some uh, Bible commentary, and, and this is not an exhaustive list. Uh, there are other places to read about the spiritual gifts. Romans chapter 12 comes to mind. But here's uh, kind of a basic look at what some of the spiritual gifts are. 
We put them into four categories to help us better wrap our minds around it. Is there are some spiritual gifts that are speaking gifts. This is teaching and prophecy. By the way, prophecy here, the better way of understanding it is speaking the will of God into a moment, not necessarily seeing forward. Number two here, people intensive gifts. This is encouragement, evangelism, hospitality, mercy, and shepherding. Then we have service gifts, which administration, craftsmanship, giving, and helps. And then we have support gifts. These are the gifts that are kind of foundational to the growth of a church that sit underneath things. Discernment, faith, healing, tongues, interpretation of tongues, knowledge, miracles, and wisdom. Now, I wish we could move through every one of these gifts and teach them all. But I want to point out something that I think is important. As you read through these spiritual gifts, uh, I bet there are some there that surprise you. Because maybe you've heard the phrase spiritual gifts before, and when you hear spiritual gifts, it's easy to think about those big, like, holy church moments. Spiritual gifts are teaching and prophecy and amazing experiences of healing and miracles. But to assume that spiritual gifts are only the traditional understanding of spiritual things would actually be to limit the gifts and it also forgets that if the Holy Spirit is in you, every moment can be holy. So let me help. Let me give some clarity here because some of you may have spiritual gifts that you didn't even know were spiritual gifts. Like some of you are really good at organization and details. Like God put inside of you a love for spreadsheets. And you've never known why. What if that was the gift of administration? Some of you easily feel the pain and the struggle of others. Maybe sometimes it breaks your heart and you wonder why other people don't break like you break. What if you have the gift of mercy? For others of you, you find that generosity is easy. Somebody needs something and you're pulling out your wallet and going, yep, I'm not doing that, by the way. Um, what if you had the gift of giving? Others of you, like you remember names. And you remember scripture really well. What if you have the gift of knowledge? See, it's a very simplistic way of thinking about it. But what if you, where you began to think about your spiritual gifts, like what are you good at? What if what is a strength naturally in you is actually where God is trying to awaken a gift in you? What, what doors open for you naturally? What if God is doing something in you of that way. And we begin to see the list of these different gifts and how they work. And we see the scope of God's brilliance. Because what God is doing is he's varying the gifts of the body of Christ, the church, which is us, in order to meet the varying needs of the world. See, the world needs teaching and prophecy, but it also needs encouragement and giving and mercy and administration and craftsmanship. The mission of God calls for the use of every single gift. And, and it's important here to note uh, uh, one, one thing here. Is I do believe there is a difference in uh, our wiring and our spiritual gifts. And, and what I mean by that is our spiritual gifts are given to us by the Holy Spirit at the moment of salvation. But God is so intentional with how he creates us that he has also wired us with talents, passions, and our personality. This is separate from our spiritual gifts. 
But what I love about how the Lord works is those complement one another, that you, you give your life to Christ. He, he gives you access to the spiritual gift, and he uses your wiring and your gifts to make a difference. Isn't it really cool how God works? I love that. That's a look at some of the spiritual gifts. Before I give us a, a clear place to start, let's talk about at least one hindrance to the spiritual gifts being active in our lives and being used for, for great impact. And I think there are a lot of hindrances Pride, laziness, busyness, fear. But today I want to talk specifically about comparison for just a moment. Comparison will always impact negatively the use of your spiritual gifts. Because we have a problem in culture and inside the church where we compare the value of certain roles against the value of other roles. We see it in sports. Play baseball, one position has less value than the others. Or in the workplace, or maybe it seems like the boss has more value than administration. And we seem to do this at times inside of the church. And I believe that it's hurting us. It's hurting the effectiveness of the body of Christ because we do this comparison thing with wiring and spiritual gifts. And guys, I struggle with this greatly. I struggle with feeling like I have to compare myself to other pastors, to other dads, to other husbands. With access to social media, all we have is this window of comparison constantly, and it's so heavy. Guys, think about what, can I just get really personal for a second when we go with that? Think about what YouTube has done to preaching. You guys are hearing me preach right now. I feel called to this. I feel like the Lord has gifted me in this. But you can go home and get on YouTube and watch every recorded sermon for the past 100 years and like compare me to the best of the best. You can watch every sermon preached across the world today and then go back and compare me to dang Billy Graham if you wanted to. You don't think that messes with me? But we all do it. We think about where God has gifted us and we look over at somebody else and we think, God, why didn't you give me a gift like that? And whenever we begin to copy and paste someone else's gift on top of our life, we begin to limit God's potential to reach his purposes for us. You are special, remember? And we are different and different is good. The apostle Paul illustrates that beautifully in 1 Corinthians 12. Check this out. Just as a body, he's talking about the, he's making a comparison or an analogy of the body of Christ in the physical human body. Just as a body, though one has many parts, but all of its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ, for we were all baptized by one spirit as to form one body. Whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but many. Now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, which would be gross and weird, if the whole body was an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact... Listen to this promise. 
But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. It's beautiful. Now, what happens when a part of the body doesn't work right? Don't lean over and say anything weird um, to the person sitting next to you. Nobody needs to know about your body. Let's take it a little bit higher. What do we call it when part of the body doesn't work right? Sick or injured. If the body isn't working right, we're sick or injured. And if the body of Christ is missing a gift, if the body of Christ is missing you, it's sick or injured. Which is why different is not only okay, it's required. It is not only like, okay, you're different. We'll find something for you to do. The body is designed for different people, different gifts, different roles in order to do the work that it's been tasked to do, which is true of this statement. Because every gift is necessary, everyone has value. Because every gift is necessary, everyone has value. I'm going to get personal again. Uh, Because God... He is teaching me so much about how to embrace differences, specifically with how I parent my oldest son. Um, uh, my oldest son turned nine on Friday, and um, we had a gaming birthday party last night. It's totally his thing. Um, he is very emotional. That joker feels everything a 10 out of 10. Every bit of pain, his happiness, uh, sadness, frustration, anger, it's 10 out of 10. Um, I feel things in my heart. This is a qualifier, but I feel everything at like a four out of 10. Uh, I just, I'm logical minded. uh, And what has happened as he's gotten older is I have struggled to find ways to motivate him uh, because he's motivated differently than me. Like, um, I am motivated by negative reinforcement. (laughs) You tell me I'm struggling. I'm like, dang it. I've got to fix it. My son is shut down by negative reinforcement. And I have found that out the hard way. Um, He's lifted by positive reinforcement. He's lifted by encouragement. So we just finished playing baseball. And uh, the first five or six games of the year, I was a mess. Like I'm having to pace. I'm going to like left field. If he's playing left field, I'm going to left field and like, like shouting, coaching things at him, which is not my job. I'm his dad, not his coach. Uh, because he just doesn't like, he's in the outfield doing this. (laughs) Some kid on the team would give him a piece of bubble gum and he's just, (sighs) and so I start struggling with that and I'm trying to, and 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 God, I would tell you, I drove home from some baseball games kind of, kind of messed up. Um, by the way, pause on all that. Uh, their team did win the championship. Here's a a picture of, uh, who knew, who knew that they would give rings, um, to, uh, seven and nine year olds. Anyway, um, so I decided I needed to motivate him differently. This is a quick story. It'd be fun. Um, because, uh, the motivation of me, like starting to talk to him and, and like, Hey buddy, you're not doing good. That didn't work. So I began, guys, I'm, I'm completely okay with this. I bribed him. Um, I said, buddy, you get $5 for every hit that you get. And the first couple of, 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 uh, of games, I'm thinking this, I'm not going to be paying on anything. Um, 
but little dude started getting better. And he starts, you know, I start tallying up some stuff, and I'm getting worried about having to give him 30, 40, 50 bucks. And in the middle of all of that, uh, some, for some reason, now I'll give you, I'll, I'll give you the scoop, but, but he, uh, I offered him 100 bucks if he got a home run, which, by the way, like, I was like, I'm going to be keeping my 100 bucks. Um, but he, what happened was uh, he begins to get better, and I start getting a little bit more nervous about this 100 bucks. Um, in the last game of the year, or excuse me, the, the first playoff game of the year, he's up to bat, and he connects with the ball the best he's done all year. Uh, he hits it out of the infield, which was a big deal. Uh, hits it out of the infield into the grass, and we're freaking out. We're on the side, you know, we're we're in the stands, going, "Yeah, that's my buddy. He hit it." And and here's what the problem of like positive reinforcement did: that Joker hit the ball and immediately had dollar signs in his eyes. <laughs> so like he hit it, but didn't hit it like like home run hit it. But he's like, "I'm gonna get a, I'm gonna get a home run." So he hits the ball, and he's running to first base. The ball is in the outfield, and so I'm thinking he's got a single. And the, the first base coach thinks he probably just has a single as well. And he starts to say, like, okay, Bear, slow down. Bear's like, nah. So Bear rounds first. Bear rounds first. And I'm thinking, oh, man, he actually might get to second and have his first double. Great, buddy. At this point, the ball's coming back into the infield, if you know anything about baseball. Well, he sees second, and he rounds second. Um, <laughs> To which there's a third base coach, he rounds second, there's a third base coach who's over here going, stop, stop. Because at this point, the ball is back in the infield. Bear, it's like he locked eyes with the third base coach and was like, no. He rounds, he rounds the third base and some little kid, little twerp, chased, chased Bear down and tagged him and he was out. Got about 10 feet from his home run. Tagged him out. Now let me tell you how good of a dad I am. I, um, I went over to the dugout, and because we're different, okay, that's where I'm going. There's differences. I wanted, like, I needed to understand. I needed to fix it. I, I, first thing I should have done was, dude, that was the best hit you've had all year. But I get to the dugout. By the way, he's already crying because he feels everything, a 10 out of 10. And I go, hey, buddy, did you not see the coach? <laughs> I don't, I don't celebrate any of it. He turns to me and he goes, Daddy, I just thought I had it. <laughs> um, here's what I'm learning. My son is very different from me. He's his own person, his own wiring, and soon his own spiritual gifts. The world does not need a recreation of me. The world needs my son. And... The world needs you, not a copy and paste version of another person. So we choose to embrace our differences, embrace our different gifts, embrace our different roles for the sake of the mission of God. So where do we start? Where do we start? A couple of minutes for, for how to, what do we do with this? this? This teaching point is really profound. So man, if you're a note taker, I really hope that you, you write this down. Where do we start from here? Start doing stuff. Start doing stuff. Take a step. Risk. Steve Moore uh, goes to the Snellville campus, 12 Stone Snellville campus, is the president of Growing Leaders. He told me not to give him credit for this quote, but he told me this on Tuesday, and I couldn't in my spirit like claim it as mine. Um, 
maybe I should have, but Steve simply said this about spiritual gifts. He said to me on Tuesday, he said, the only way to develop your gift is to use it. He said, it's, it's almost like swimming. You don't learn to swim by sitting on the side of the pool. You learn to swim in the water. And what I think God would want to do today when it comes to our spiritual gifts and our purpose is he wants you to at least wade into the shallow end and then wait for him to grow something in you to bring you to the deep end of his purpose for your life. So let me say it even more tangibly. Get around people, start serving others, and point others to Jesus. Get around people, start serving others, and point others to Jesus. Don't overcomplicate it. So I want to do this. I'm going to do it fast. I want to illustrate what this journey for somebody finding their purpose and their gifts and making a difference at 12 Stone could look. Now, the principles can apply, hopefully spiritually, beyond our church, but I'm going to use 12 Stone language to demonstrate something. Um, pretend that I am Bob. Everybody say, hey, Bob. Hey, you're, hey good to meet you. Um, Bob shows up at a 12 Stone campus or a 12 Stone home because one of you invited him. So good job. You invited Bob to church. Um, Bob shows up, and he begins to ask questions about knowing God. Bob realizes that there's more for him than just this life. And between the teachings and conversations with you, because you're great, uh, Bob eventually says yes to Jesus and is baptized. And what does all of heaven do when we, when we somebody's baptized? By the way, uh, I just got all of you to cheer for an imaginary guy named Bob. Um, Bob gives his life to Jesus and is baptized, and the Holy Spirit begins to work inside of him. Bob knows that he needs to grow in his faith, and there are some things in his life that he needs freedom from. So Bob joins a men's small group, and he begins to grow. Here's a key to discovering your spiritual gifts. you got to get around people because God will always reveal your gift in the context of people and relationships. And you've got to take a step because God reveals gifts to us as we go rather than while we sit. I think it's, it's, it's normal for Christians to pray big prayers like, God, would you open up the heavens and show me my calling, right? Lord, would you give me a sign? And it's like we want God to just like, like maybe you're searching for your spiritual gift and maybe Bob was searching for his. It's like Bob would want to be driving down the road and there's a billboard that's like, Bob the shepherd. Oh my gosh. Is that my spiritual gift, shepherding? God gave me a billboard. No, that's not typically how God works. Now, he can do whatever he wants and he does give signs and there are wonders. He's supernatural. But I think God is very intentional on the journey. And I think he shows us our gifts as we work them out in real time. So Bob gets around these people and he begins to work it out and he begins to, to live and serve and be around other people. And eventually somebody says to him, hey, Bob, you're really good at listening. And when, when I talk with you, I feel cared for and heard. What does that sound like? Shepherding. So Bob decides that he wants to hone his spiritual gifts a little bit more and he goes to growth track. He gets into growth track, takes the spiritual gifts test and the personality test, which, by the way, you can sign up for growth track by texting growth track to 37748. A little bit of a shameless plug and commercial. Bob gets to growth track. and He finds out that through the spiritual gifts test that shepherding may actually be his gift. And then he goes on to join a daymaker team as a small group leader with another guy. And they begin to help other men find Jesus, find freedom. And Bob helps another Bob start the journey. You see how this works? God wants to move you out of a desert, lost feeling of faith 
and move you to a living, active, waterfall of purpose type of faith. But it may require you taking a step towards your spiritual gifts and your purpose. Real quick, some of you have been Christians for decades. And some of you know your spiritual gifts and you feel like you know your purpose. And you're thinking, but I still feel like I'm in the desert. If you feel like you're in the desert, but you've known your gifts and your purpose for a long time, here's my encouragement to you. Go back to the beginning. Revisit your gifts. Revisit your purpose. Revisit your passions. Say, God, I need you to awaken me. Put me underneath the waterfall of your presence and your power and your purpose again. Because I believe if you pray a prayer like that, he will. Because every follower of Jesus has unique spiritual gifts given by the Holy Spirit for a purpose so that our lives can make a difference. Would today be an activating sermon? Would today show fruit in the months to come as you and I take steps towards our gifts and our purpose? And may God use us to make a difference. So pastors, I'm going to invite you up to pray so that we can pray this over our church, that people would awaken to their gifts, their purpose, and begin to make a difference. Thank you again for spending time with us today. A special thanks to those of you who generously give through 12 Stone. It is because of you that this ministry is possible. And if you want to learn more about 12 Stone, make sure you follow us on social at 12 Stone Church and check out a location or a watch party near you. And if you enjoyed the podcast, you could subscribe, share it with your friends, hit the share button, or even take a screenshot and throw it in your social stories. And make sure to tag 12 Stone Church. Let it be a blessing to somebody else. Thank you again, and we'll catch you on the next one.